0: Welcome to Biospeak, the podcast for your biology starter pack. I'm your host Luba and together we will take a look behind a curtain of life. Let's get started. Hello future biologists. In this, the second episode of our three-part RNA series, we are delving even deeper into the intricate world of this remarkable molecule, Before we dive into today's episode, I would like to express Biospeak's unwavering commitment to fostering the scientific curiosity of young minds. If you share our passion for science and learning, you have the power to help us expand our reach and impact, inspiring more inquisitive individuals along the way. Your support truly makes a world of difference. Additionally, your feedback and topic suggestions are invaluable to us. Don't hesitate to reach out. You can contact us at biospeakcast at gmail.com. And now let's kick off this episode. Last time in part one, we covered the fundamentals, exploring RNA's basic structure, functions and the distinctions and commonalities it shares with DNA. Today, our journey continues with a closer look at the molecular structure of RNA, the stages of its production, growth and processing. RNA, as you might recall, serves as a faithful copy of specific sections of DNA. This transcription process kicks off where DNA resides, whether it is in the free-flowing domain of prokaryotes or the securely housed nucleus of eukaryotes. To get the ball rolling in RNA synthesis, we have a specialized enzyme at the helm, the RNA polymerase. Various types of RNA polymerases exist and have their unique roles, which is a topic we will cover in future episodes. This synthesis process is aptly known as transcription, where the RNA polymerase binds to a specific DNA starting point, the promoter, setting the stage for RNA production. The RNA polymerase then reads the copied DNA strand from 3' to 5' but assembles the newly synthesized RNA in the complementary 5' to 3' direction. Some viruses employ a reverse transcription method to craft RNA. They transcribe their RNA into DNA only to revert back to RNA production from this freshly made DNA. A phenomenon that continues to puzzle scientists. Once transcribed, the RNA strand, often referred to as a heterogeneous nuclear RNA or immature RNA, undergoes post-transcriptional modification, which serves as an essential step between transcription and translation, taking place exclusively in eukaryotic cells. Prokaryotes just make the RNA from DNA and are done. This process of refining RNA is duly called RNA processing and it is the phase where we transform this young molecule into its mature state. Allow me to illustrate the journey of messenger RNA or mRNA as an example. In eukaryotes, immature mRNA receives a series of edits, capping at the 5' end, tailing at the 3' end and splicing in the middle. Capping involves affixing a modified guanine nucleotide, methylated guanine to be precise, to the 5' end, granting the mature mRNA key capabilities, such as ribosome attachment and initiation of translation. Additionally, it acts as a safeguard against degradation. At the 3' end, a poly-A tail, a lengthy sequence of adenine nucleotides, is appended during processing. This not only aids in translation initiation, but also extends the molecule's lifespan and simplifies its journey to the cytoplasm. And what about splicing, the middleman in this process? It is the art of removing introns, the non-coding regions of RNA, and linking the remaining exons, the coding sections, to yield a mature mRNA strand. These exons can be selectively retained or excluded, providing the recipe for various proteins. Without proper processing, immature RNA might result in the creation of faulty proteins, potentially detrimental to the organism. After this meticulous post-transcriptional makeover, the mature RNA emerges. It then journeys through the nuclear pores into the cytoplasm, where it steps into its role as a genetic messenger. Before we wrap up this episode, let's zoom in on RNA's molecular structure. Remember that RNA features a ribose pentose sugar distinct from DNA's deoxyribose due to its extra oxygen atom on the second carbon, rendering RNA a lot more reactive and less stable than its DNA counterpart. Similar to DNA, RNA is composed of nucleotides, with each unit sporting a shared structural framework. Nucleotides are composed of a pentose, the 5-carbon sugar, a phosphate group contributing to the molecule's negative charge, and a nitrogenous base firmly anchored to the first carbon of the pentose sugar. While these structural elements hold the nucleotide together, it is the bond between sugar and phosphate, the robust phosphodiester bond that underpins RNA's structural integrity. And of course, RNA's nitrogenous bases, adenine, cytosine, guanine and uracil, give it its distinctive genetic language. The presence of uracil rather than thymine, chemically similar but distinct, makes RNA less stable due to the absence of thymine's methyl group. This difference means that RNA tends to break down faster, leaving behind a deficiency of ancient RNA compared to DNA, knowing for its remarkable longevity. This knowledge-packed episode underscores the pivotal role RNA plays in the grand orchestration of life, As we gear up for our final installment on RNA, we will explore the three major RNA types, mRNA, tRNA, and rRNA, and make a quick visit to the RNA world hypothesis. Don't miss our next episode, where we continue our journey behind the scenes of life's machinery. Stay curious, stay tuned.